Welcome to the latest edition of the Northeast Newscast. This is your host, Paul Thompson, and I'll be joined this week by Kansas City Area Transportation Authority CEO, Robbie Mackinnon. Mackinnon will be discussing the Ride KC Freedom Program, a new transportation option built around paratransit services in Kansas City. The app-based service is also available to the general public, and Mackinnon hopes that it will eventually become a competitor to ride-sharing apps like Uber. Though the app won't officially launch until May 1st, some paratransit riders have been testing it for the past month. Mackinnon will discuss some of the ebbs and flows of that process, as well as his experiences using the ShareFare program that preceded it. Mackinnon will also touch on the Bridge Pilot Program, which ran from March of 2016 to March of 2017, and served as a precursor to the Ride KC Freedom Program. Finally, Mackinnon will also discuss his vision for the future of the KCATA and what the bleeding edge of the industry might look like five years from now. This was a fun interview to do, mostly because Mackinnon's enthusiasm for transportation in Kansas City is palpable. One could hardly imagine a better cheerleader for paratransit services in Kansas City. Mackinnon himself is a regular user. What's more, he doesn't shy away from the issues he encountered when he first started using paratransit services. Without further ado, our conversation with KCATA CEO, Robbie Mackinnon. All right, it's Paul Thompson sitting here with Robbie Mackinnon. So uh, we're here today to talk about public transportation in Kansas City. Specifically, Ride KC Freedom is going to come up. Um, But I I wanted to start with something relatively basic here. Um, And let's just get to it. As it stands today, at this current moment, how would you grade Kansas City's current transportation options? Well, Paul, first of all, thank you very much for for having me. I I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the unique things that Ride KC and and the ATA are, are up to these days. Uh, and when you ask that question, my answer would be it depends on where you are in this region. Right. And if I could specify that, that would mean that, uh, uh, you know, we live in a, a region that is so diverse from urban to rural to suburban to everything in between, okay? So what we need to do as a public transit agency is is remember that and understand that one size does not fit all and that different parts of this region different parts of our communities need different things okay the urban core is uh it's important for us to have max lines down here and and all of our uh, 40-foot routes that are are with with big ridership up north of the river it's more important that we have job access tools available. It's more important that we have more uh, uh, accessibility to what I like to call east and west uh, directions to go rather than the escalator of just north and south, right. okay? So depending on which area the end you're in, uh, that's what we're trying to work on now. And that's the way we're gonna look at public transit now. We need to look at public transit for the next 50 years, not the last 20. And that's the new uh, the new thought process down here at the ETA. So, if you had to, uh, you know, putting you on the spot here, if you had to give it a rating or a grade of some sort, what, what is it incomplete at this point? While you kind of figure out what works in the in the twenty first century. Uh, correct. That's what I would say. Okay, I would say we're doing a great job. Our operators and our staff here, uh, we, you know, we we transport fifteen point nine million riders last year, and they count on us. And that's fantastic. I'll give you another little tidbit, too. Uh, Fact of the matter is, is last year we took first place in the nation for safety and security, uh, uh, the award given by the American Public Transit Association nationally. And this year we won the security award again back-to-back. You, 
actually, as a citizen of Kansas City, have one of the safest trans- public transportation systems in the nation, and that's a fact. Well, so that kind of, uh, I, I guess, that'll answer my question of, of where the system excels. Is there an area where you can look at right now that needs to be improved as far as transportation is concerned? Yes, I would. There's always uh, room for improvement, uh, uh, but a, a big area uh, we think is, yes, uh, south of the – uh, Kansas City South, which we need to talk about as far as uh, uh, getting close to Grandview from a job access standpoint and those kinds of things, uh, uh, job access out to Johnson County and those areas. And, and then, of course, up north of the river, we need to rethink uh, what the public transit definition is. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Ride KC Freedom. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, why is it such a useful tool for disabled transit riders in Kansas City, Missouri? Well, I, I'll tell you what. As as a as a as somebody with a disability, uh, I lost my vision what four and a half five years ago, and uh, I got put right into the paratransit uh, uh, disabled services. And when I did, you know, walk a mile in somebody's shoes. Right. Before that, I used to, when I was chairman of the ATA, I had people come up to me and tell me uh, uh, some flaws and barriers, and and I, I got that. But until I was actually put in it, you know, then it really got me. Okay, so it has been my own personal mission as well as the staff here too to see what we could do to change that dynamic. And I, and I that's exactly what we're doing with Ride KC Freedom. Okay, Ride KC Freedom is an innovative program. Uh, it's a public-private partnership with a public transit agency, which makes it very unique nationally. Okay, uh, I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, Paul, I think you remember our bridge program. Right. Okay, well, the bridge program is all a part of, uh, it, it was a, a virtual bus stop type service that we had tried as a pilot for a year passenger vans yeah passenger 12 passenger vans uh uh, pick you up and and take you uh app based okay and but the point of taking on a program like bridge which was is very innovative is the fact that we had to get policies and procedures into place so that this agency could be flexible and nimble to be able to move quickly and adapt to the needs of the community Mm -hmm. okay what bridge, what bridge did is allow us to see that and allowed us to see how those microtransit type services can be used and adapted in our type of region, okay? Right. So we learned a lot, and so what I call it is a bridge to freedom, okay? So that taught us how to make Ride KC freedom. I get and, it. And the unique thing about freedom, Paul, is that we uh, we have built this built this service from the core value or the cornerstone of our paratransit and disabled population first, okay? So we're building it from there out then to the general public too, if that makes sense. So when you open on on May 1st then, when this thing launches, is it just going to be for the disabled population? No, sir. It's going to be anybody has the ability to access it. But that's the base. Right. And, And what's most important about our paratransit services, right now you have to... Uh, uh, you have to plan a trip 24 hours in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, you have a 30-minute window each side of, of when your pickup time is. So, to be honest, Paul, I don't. If if I would have took a, a share fare here, I don't know that you wouldn't still be sitting here waiting for me. Okay, it's it's hard. Those barriers that are put in place for our disabled population and our seniors and and folks that use paratransit service, 
it, it, it's just more barriers instead of less. How am I supposed right. to compete? How am I supposed to get to work, get to a meeting, get to the doctor? What are the, these things I need to do every day uh, to where I can compete with you? Right. Okay. So what this allows you to do now, freedom does, is no longer do you have to do that. No longer do you have to plan in advance. No longer do you have to wait for those 30-minute windows. Mm-hmm. You can get on the Ryan KC Freedom app, which you can get from the Apple Store or Google Play, Download it. You can plan a trip just like you would on any other ride hailing service, mm-hmm. uh, which is very easy to do if you've done. And if you do not have a, if you do not have a smartphone, you can just call our call center. At which point they will do the trip for you. Okay. Right. So, for example, Paul, you and I are here at the ATA offices. If if we both wanted to go down to the River Market, you would get on that app. You would call for that trip, uh, plan it in your phone. The the Right KC Freedom Vehicle would come pick you up, take you down there, and charge you comparable to what any other ride-hailing agency would charge you, okay? Uh-huh. The difference is is that when I go on the app and I try and I get the same trip, uh, I put in my code because I'm already in the paratransit service. Right. Um, uh, then they come pick me up. My trip is subsidized. So behind the curtain, my trip is subsidized. Yours isn't. However, in front... Uh, I get the same service you get. Right. Okay. And that is a huge deal for paratransit and, and disability services in the nation. That's huge. I get the same service you get. By the end of the year, Paul, I don't want to hear about any more handicap stickers on, on the cars. Okay. The stigma of, well, folks like me, we have to ride this service and everybody else gets that service. And you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, but here, here's the other unique part of it. Because we're working with a private company, because we uh, have, have allowed the private sector in in a public-private partnership, mm-hmm. what happens is, Paul, if you take a Ride KC Freedom trip, the company gives us a percentage of your trip back. So, in other words, if you have to make a choice between a Ride KC Freedom trip or another ride-hailing service, uh, we would want you to take the Freedom trip because if you do, Paul, you're paying it forward and you're helping citizens in your own city and drive down the cost of paratransit and disabled service. Well, and in a way, I mean, wouldn't it drive down the cost of any trans- public transportation services in, in Absolutely. the city? If, if you're essentially giving back to KCATA, that that could help all services, right? Right. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So it's very important, okay? And when you look at public transit for the next, you know, 20, 40, 50 years, what we're looking at is, yes, our, our, our big 40-foot buses are very, very important. And, and there's a, we can walk outside here right now and see why, okay, mm-hmm. uh, on a Truce Max or a, a Prospect Corridor or Main Street or whatever it may be. Sure. Uh, however, what we need to do is not only have those services, but smaller vehicles as well as vans, as well as cars, as well as how can we put all of those things together in one big package for you as a citizen so that you have you have more access to a regional transit system. Okay, because the better, the more access you have, Paul, the, the the more apt you are to actually use it. Right. Okay. And you had mentioned before, uh, I thought it was an interesting point, uh, the the way the uh, paratransit services uh, have been run. It's, you need twenty four hours advance notice, a thirty minute window. In your experience using those services, were there any instances where you found yourself? Uh, hindered by yeah. by the fact that you couldn't. I mean, can can you point to any anecdotes that or any well, any specific instances that that kind of met that criteria? Uh, Paul, I'll try, but uh, <laughs> we're going to be here another hour. But so I'll break it down as much as I can. Sure. Uh, yes, 
okay? And, and part of that is not just from the, the windows uh, pickup times either. Part of it's from the service itself, right. okay? We have been in this region, we have been so secularized uh, with different parts of, you know, different cities, different municipalities, uh, uh, state lines, those kinds of things. Look, I can't see state lines, municipal lines, county lines, neither should anybody else. Uh-huh. But when the way it was, uh, I would get on a, a share fare trip. I'd get taken out to Independence. I'd get dropped off in Independence. And if I needed to get to a meeting down at City Hall or somewhere else in there, I had no way to get there because it was a different service. And I didn't qualify for that service because I wasn't, uh, uh, I didn't live in that city. I have tried to get, I used to uh, try and get out to the transit center in Johnson County, uh-huh. uh, the Nolte Center. Couldn't get there. Could get about three blocks away, and somebody had to come pick me up and take me to a transit center. Uh-huh. Okay, so the, so the fact that these services were so secularized and so individualized was a real barrier. Not to mention the time frames. So absolutely, anytime I would have to tell, you know, if I was going to meet with a, a council person or 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 a, a chamber of commerce or something like that, I would say, well. You know, I you I got about forty five minutes here right. uh, that we don't know when I'm going to be here. Okay, right. so it was very very hard, and it's very hard for our citizens to get around or get to a doctor's appointment on time and those kinds of things. So this is really really revolutionary. Okay, uh, uh, about me and folks like myself getting the same services you got. Well, interesting. Now, uh, I wanted to ask a little bit about cost as well because I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked a little bit about that before coming in and. And from the way I understand it now, the idea is that it will actually be a cost-saving program. Can you tell me a little bit how that works? Well, it works uh, uh, just the way the standard ride-hailing ride services work, Paul. Well, it makes it cheaper. Than well, when you, when you take that okay, mm-hmm. uh, from a retail side, that doesn't cost the ATA anything because we have the private public-private partnership, okay? Mm-hmm. That's just a trip that a private sector company that TransDev is is getting paid for, and they're getting paid like Uber would get paid, mm-hmm. except they're giving us some of that back. So for the first time ever, uh, uh, paratransit and disabled service, uh, with you using it too, is actually going to generate some revenue. And from the paratransit side, why it becomes cheaper is we redid the model, okay? The model used to be where... You had drivers just sitting in a certain area, and 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 they were just waiting and and get you know working hourly, and and, and we're now we've actually played to the strength of the private sector. So all the other vehicles come into play, whether it's a ten ten taxi, whether it's a cab, whether it's a van, whether it's one of our cars. So we can quickly adapt. So there is none of that. There's none of the time wasting, and that drives down the cost. So we're looking at right now about 30% uh, it, per ride uh, as, a, as a savings from a paratransit standpoint. And, Paul, that's a big deal because nationally you can look. Um, I think our budget is about 16 to 18% of our budget is our paratransit services. Mm-hmm. That's a big chunk. And what's your budget? And it is with everybody else, too. I think we're at, what, uh, 92 million something okay. like that so we're talking big dollars here yeah okay and and as with any transit agency in the nation okay paratransit service is a big deal okay right. so the the ability to be able to not only provide a what we would call a premium service for our disabled population but provide it at a s- smaller cost is a big deal Okay, so we're uh, we're looking very forward to it. We've been talking with the Federal Transit Administration about this, and they're very excited about it. 
Um, I, I believe the gentleman at the FTA told me that uh, he said, Robbie, you guys aren't on the cutting edge, you're on the bleeding edge. Mm -hmm. And we're very excited about that because from an innovation standpoint, that's where we want to be. Look, this whole city is being designed around entrepreneurship and incubators. You hear all the time about these different things going on, right. uh, which is fantastic, okay? Well, transit is the same way, okay? If you have a project like Bridge or you have a project like Freedom that we've come up with or, or other things we're working on when it comes to job access, uh, if you've got something, bring it down to us, okay? We want people to, whether it's technology-driven, whatever, you know what? We're going to try it. We're, gonna, we're not going to study it for two years. Let's put it on the street, see if it works, see if it can add to the overall success of this program. Uh, also related to cost, I wanted to talk about the cost that the individual rider, the user, mm -hmm. is incurring. Um, I think what I've seen here is that customers eligible under ADA Act – are paying $3 for the first eight miles within the service areas and $2 for every mile thereafter. And, um, Paul, by the way, that is the same amount that they were paying now with right. with, with our paratransit share fare service. Okay, so that's mm -hmm. the same amount. Yeah. Now, I, I think you mentioned something regarding the um, kind of part of this rollout, or at least in discuss, uh, what you discussed during the, the committee meeting last week was that, uh, well, some of the – some of the regular bus routes will be pared down kind of as this goes on. It's, it's not directly related, but, uh, you know, I t we talked last week about some of the individuals I had spoken with who were concerned about the loss of a route. And, mm -hmm. and, and you had put out this notion that, well, Ride KC or Ride KC Freedom will be picking up some of the slack there. Can you tell me how that works and what the cost will be for those who are trying to use it uh, to, to kind of pick up those, those routes that are being, uh, I guess, reduced? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about that for a second. The uh, first of all, when you say reduced or eliminated or terminated, it's everybody, too strong. Yeah, everybody likes to talk like because back in the day, that's what it was. Right. Okay, you were taking away routes. Okay, right. what we're trying to do is redefine what public transit is north of the river. Okay, mm -hmm. and from from us, whether it's whether it's with the chamber or, or the EDCs or, or some of the companies and the HR people that we have talked to. It's not working, okay? We have to have a different a different strategy going in, like I talked about, about, you know, one size fits all, doesn't fit all mm -hmm. when it comes to this region. So, for example, right now, if there you have a, a route that goes to Harley-Davidson, okay? Mm -hmm. I, think, I think there's like four people on that route, Paul. Right. Uh, that generates to about $150, $160 per head. Shoot, I could send a limo to somebody's house to pick them up for that. Right. Okay. What we essentially need to, what you're doing, right? What we need to do is redesign this so that we can add all the different modes, whether it be a, a job access piece, which we're working on with them, and and, and CVS up there, and 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 other companies. Uh, as well as Ride KC Freedom, as well as the routes that people are used to, as well as so if you can take a, if you can get a bus. Uh, to where you need uh, to where to the to the transit center, okay, and then transfer to a freedom ride rather than getting uh, a, a three or four blocks away from your house, you can get to your curb, right? Okay, and that's just a transfer. And, and we're, what we're working out is that you can do that with the same pass you got on the bus for, right? That's okay? what, that's kind of specifically what I was wondering if yeah. you were. Um, for the general public, so if you're on that that bus that would have only taken four people out to Harley Davidson, like mm -hmm. you had mentioned, um, could they 
get a code or a, a, use their bus pass to take that trip on a ride KC Freedom with a ride KC Freedom vehicle for the same cost, or do they have to pay the the ten dollars standard? No, 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 no. Yeah, what we're trying that's that seems stu- like an important point. It is, Paul, right. and that's the stuff we're working out right now. Okay. okay? The bottom line is what we're talking about. And we had a public meeting uh, north of the river uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. where a lot of people came, and and it was it was a fun conversation. Okay, because what we want is we want the for once we want the community to help build what they need and what right. they want. Okay, so. Yes, you can. Uh, If we, when we make a decision on these based upon our input and and people's comments, uh, uh, that that would be July first when we start that. But freedom starts Monday, right? On May first, so we're going to get a taste to see how that's going, see how people like that, how they're using it, and within the process, we're also talking to the to the companies and anybody else. So what I can tell you, Paul, is that nobody is going to be disenfranchised. Okay, no one is going to lose uh, lose service. Right. Okay, be- because of these things, what we're doing is enhancing the concept so that rather than, like I said, rather than just an escalator type, let's go north and south to this point. You know, if you get on one of our on-demand type services and you can get on, you can go anywhere you want. Okay, not just north and south. Right. Okay. Good. Uh, I want to I want to transition back over to uh, bridge because we talked a little bit about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like, uh, from what I, from some numbers I had gathered, it looked like about 1,500 riders over the course of that public, uh, or over the, the course of that pilot portion of that mm-hmm. program. Um, I, I assume from what you're saying here and, and the plans for Ride Casey Freedom that you're hoping that, that more Kansas Cityans will be taking that than, than did take the bridge program. So how do you, uh, how important is it, I guess, to have the paratransit service connected to Ride KC Freedom, and how else do you hope to get people engaged and get people using the app? Well, it's 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 very important because the paratransit piece, the the service for our folks with disabilities, is the cornerstone of the service. Like I said earlier, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, we believe. And by the way, our share first service will still be there. Okay, this is an opportunity for people to, if they like freedom, transition over to that. Uh, I already have because it's just easier. Right. Okay. And, and when you talk about the bridge concept, you talked about the, the ridership. Well, that was a very limited area. Right. Okay. Little it, pockets. It right? was very limited time. Okay. There was no midday anything. It was kind of a coming in commuter, going out commuter. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, that kind of service. That kind of service may work in New York or Boston, but we're not that. Right. Okay. And we need uh, uh, different kinds and and different parts of the day and lunch and all those other things that go in with that. So it was that kind of adaptation to the fact that having our paratransit folks uh, uh, within the core here, downtown as well as north of the river, is a big geographic area for freedom to start out with. Right. Okay. And all I'm asking, to be honest, Paul, is that people give it, uh, people give it a chance, and and that they help us build it. Again, because if we just think about uh, a typical transit service the way we have, uh-huh. then we're nowhere. And one thing that that's very apparent here with the Ride Casey Freedom Program is that, as you mentioned, this coverage zone is a lot bigger. It, it even goes all the way out to it looks like 
over in Mission, touching past 75th Street. Mm -hmm. You go over to the Kansas side. uh, And that's something that obviously, like you mentioned, Bridge didn't have, that that full coverage zone. So is Mm -hmm. that, would you say, is it fair that that's one of the big takeaways you you got from that that pilot? Well, no, yes, uh, to some extent. uh, However, the running the bridge program was the first we we were the first ones in the nation right. to run a micro transit program with a private company mm-hmm. okay and that was interesting it was scary it <laughs> was you know what i mean and sure. it was a real uh, different you know attitude that that had to be had in a, in a public transit agency so we were very careful and very particular about what we wanted to do and what we wanted to learn from it and then we did and now when when you talk about freedom you're talking about uh, uh, our paratransit and disabled population who is all over this region and to be honest uh, my hope and my dream would be that we could plug and play this in anywhere from Olathe to Liberty to the airport to wherever Right, that it's the beginning of a new model, essentially. Well, it's the beginning of a new model that just that that accents your public transit service. Okay, Mm -hmm. that accents and and is another mode and another tool in the tool belt uh, for public transit for you to have access to. You know, and if you can, if if we can get folks the accessibility, the ease of access, and the affordability, boy. I'm just. I'd be surprised at how many people we could get out of public transit system. Right, and I I did read something interesting uh, in in prepping for this interview. I think it was on Wired.com, something to the effect of that uh, bridge reached a younger, kind of wealthier audience than yeah. than really anybody anticipated. Um, how do you kind of keep that going with Ride KC Freedom? I think it does it by itself. I think uh, millennials and folks like you, Paul, are used to those Ubers and Lyfts and that kind of uh, that kind of thing. So uh, yes, we have a, a very diverse group of riders as well as a di- diverse geography that we work in. Mm-hmm. So these types of these types of services that can that you can bring into play, I think, really add value and to folks like yourself, right. okay, who who might say, okay, you know what, yes, I, I'm used to using this kind of service, I'll take this service, and if that can hook me up then to where I can uh, jump on one of the max lines too or jump on a streetcar, good, right. okay, good. Look, I- as far as I'm concerned, this is, a, this is a space that we all have to play in. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is no longer can we be talking about uh, us versus them. It's not bus versus streetcar, bike versus... Uh, Uber, uh, Uber versus freedom. We can't have those discussions anymore. Okay, that tent needs to be opened up, and this authority needs to come in and figure out how we can connect the dots and build consensus in that marketplace in this space. Because at the end of the day, if we do that, that just allows more access for you. Right. A good answer. Uh, I wanted to one more thing. I want to uh, circle back around to which I meant to bring up earlier. Uh, was the I mentioned the for the ADA eligible uh, paratransit riders we're looking at three dollars for the first eight miles for the general public we're looking at a standard cab fare of ten dollars for the first five miles two dollars for every mile thereafter uh, I guess one was is that set in stone and two uh, was there any thought that maybe that that initial fee is is, is too high no it's not set, prohibited it's not set in stone okay right now we're figuring all that out. Okay. Uh, and the fact is we're trying to make it as competitive as we can with the other ride-hailing services. Sure. 
So from a retail side. Now, the 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 three dollars you talk about from our parent transit side, that is the that is the exact uh, uh, formula that we right? use now. Right. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Well, I appreciate your time today. I'll, I'll leave you with this question, if you don't mind. Um, you talked about the bleeding edge earlier, and mm-hmm. that was actually something I wrote in my notes to ask you about. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's very apt. But um, five years from now, what do you think the bleeding edge will look like in Kansas City as far as public transportation is concerned? I think we'll be talking. Uh, uh, I think you'll take a ride with me in in an autonomous vehicle. Um, I think that uh, Ride KC Freedom will be the uh, uh, will be the pilot project, the the jewel, if you will, of the FTA's crown, which is to teach people how to innovate and, and how public transit systems can work together with the private sector. Uh, I think north of the river. I think uh, uh, the KCATA will have a Ride KC Job Access program that will be specifically designed with employers to get employees from, whether it's downtown or somewhere outside, nonstop straight to their work uh, and without stops in between. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the the amount of services, the cafeteria plan of public transit, will be major okay and uh, I think you're going to have in five ten years whatever you are going to have a much easier chance to just say you know what I'm going to keep my car for the weekend but during the week I can ride public transit because it's easy right neat well does that does that future would it include expanded streetcar lines or, or does it necessarily have to in order to to service the public well sure it can Okay, uh, that's up. You know, if the public wants that to happen, absolutely. Okay, uh, there is room in this city for streetcars, autonomous vehicles, ride hailing folks, uh, buses, max buses. You know, there, there's room for all of us in this space. And the more we can start working together, uh, the more this agency can connect those dots, the better off we're all going to be. And again, all of those, if all of those are options, Paul we're talking about uh, uh, the ability of folks to just get around with a lot of ease. And that's not only folks uh, like uh, Mrs. Johnson on Prospect who has to get to work every morning. It's you from up north. It's people from uh, downtown that need to get up north to Harley-Davidson or or CVS. It's, you know, people out to Amazon. It'll cross the state line. All right. Excellent. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, talking to me about this today. C- congratulations on getting this rollout up, and best of luck on uh, on Ride KC Freedom. Well, Paul, here's what I'd like, if I could, and thank you very much for, for having me. It's been fun talking about this, but uh, what we want to do is it, when, when these services come online, it's really important that the community let us know how it's working. You know, we can have a bunch of people sitting in a room who plan stuff all the time, but until you actually put it in a real-world experience and, and get people that actually use it every day, that's the critical message. That's the critical point. And so we need the community to help us build the public transit system for the next 50 years. Excellent. Well, hey, thank you very much for your time. I won't take any more of it. I appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. So there you have it for our conversation with KCATA CEO Robbie McAdden. Now, for those of you who want to learn more about the Ride KC Freedom Program, or even if you have general thoughts or comments regarding the KCATA, you'll have your opportunity to speak about those on Wednesday, April 26th 
from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Blueford branch of the Kansas City Public Library. That's located at 3050 Prospect. So you want to have your voice heard? Do it tonight, 4 to 6 p.m. at the Blueford branch of the Kansas City Public Library. Thanks again for listening to the podcast and look forward to having you next time. 